0: All right, and all God's people said, amen. amen? All right. You know, we do have so many things to be thankful for. I, I certainly, uh, when I see Amelia singing and leading our music, I am so thankful for our church family and our youth and children and uh, the opportunity and the future that they have in the body of Christ. And it just uh, causes me great joy to, uh, to see them serve. And so I'm so thankful for that. Got a lot to be thankful for. Appreciate uh, the music this morning. And uh, kind of a focus that I guess maybe I picked up on because it's about the message. And that's the the focus that the music had on the church. Uh, And the church is uh, the message that I want to share with you about. So I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. And I want us this morning, because we're thankful, and because this certainly is a Thanksgiving season to find just one more thing to be thankful for, and that's the church. Uh, You know, uh, listen, Thanksgiving isn't just the day before Black Friday, right? Uh, So it has uh, more significance to it than that. And I know you guys realize that. I'm just joking. Uh, But um, uh, one of those things that we do as Christians have to be thankful for is our church and our church family. Paul says some things about how important it is you know, the church is not an organization. We look in our society today, and there's a lot of organizations that help people out, schools. And uh, I guess you could maybe qualify our government in that list. I'm not sure yet, but uh, but there's other organizations that help. But you see, the church isn't an organization. It's an organism. It's alive. It's a living thing. It's the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because it is a a living thing, then we have to take uh, another look at or another consideration about how that fits into our lives as well. And Paul calls the church in a sense, or he gives uh, substantial evidence that the church is preeminent as well. In other words, it's the most important organization or organism that we have on this earth. That it has value to it. It has so much value that Jesus would lay down his life for the church, that he would die so that the church might be established on his death. Burial and resurrection, So it has value to him and as Christians it ought to have an innate value to us because it has to him. There's one place in the scripture uh, where Jesus tells a parable about a man who found a, a pearl in a field and he sold all that he had to go out and purchase this field so he could possess that pearl and that's a picture of the church. That's how important the church is to Jesus Christ that he would come and that he would give his life so that the church could be founded and he would have a bond. And so, with that understanding, as Christians, then we need to approach the church in like manner, as Jesus does as well, and see its value. Because as we see the value of the church, you know what happens to the things that we, that we ascribe value to? Is that we commit ourselves to it. We commit ourselves to the idea of the church, to the responsibility that the church has in the world today. Uh, to uh, the ministry of the church. All those things are important uh, because of uh, the value that the church has. And so this morning as we think about it, follow along with me if you would. Beginning at verse 24, Colossians chapter 1. I'd like to read through the end of the chapter, verse 29. And listen to what the scripture says. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in your afflictions of Christ, for the sake of His body, which is the church Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to the His workings, which works in me mightily. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful today that we can celebrate the things that are important to You. Because, God, that You've connected us to those things through our relationship with you. And Father, this morning we just thank you that we have such a thing as called the church, that you and your grace and your wisdom knew that for Christians to stay strong and focused on you and to stay true to the calling in our lives that we would need something like the church to help all that to happen. Now, Father, I just pray this morning that you give us excitement and understanding and how we fit into what you're doing in the church today. Lord, I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as Paul writes, he gives us such value and understanding about the thing of the importance of the church. One of those things that he gives us that he begins to call our attention to in this passage of Scripture is the ministry of the church itself. In other words, that God has formed His church to function in this earth, on His behalf. That's why the, Paul uses the descriptive term. This is body. Uh, you know, we we know what a body's all about. We can relate to physical body, how much we need it, and how important it is, and how connected we are to it. Look, we couldn't function in this world if we didn't have our bodies. We couldn't reach out. We couldn't move around. We couldn't uh, experience God's creation and His glory. And so uh, God created for Himself a body, the church so that the church could function in in the world today. And it's important as we relate to that understanding. And so uh, the church has a ministry. Now, who defines that ministry? Of course, it's Jesus Christ, because the Bible says he is the head of the church. Uh, And so uh, he defines what our priorities are, what's important. And there's so many scriptures we can look at this morning. We don't have time to do that. Uh, But uh, the idea is, is that he sets those priorities and those things uh, that are assigned to us as responsibilities. So we'll take that and then move on about the ministry. First of all, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, we have to consider the importance of the church. The church is important. Uh, I mean, it's central to what He's doing. Listen to what Paul says in verse 24. He says, "...I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of His body." Right? Right? So it's called his body, the church is. Just in name only, we can see significance of that. And then he goes on, and, and he really focuses also uh, on the fact that not only is it called his body, but it consists of his believers. He says, which is the church. Now the word church means to, the, the, it really just simply means to call out. And the church is the called out ones. And so for every christian and every child of god were called out into a relationship with jesus christ that sometime in your past if you're a christian here this morning that you felt god urging you to come to him and believe in him he called you out he called you out of a lot of things you know if you look at the contrast uh, of the experience of the believer it's so amazing what god called us from and do he called us from darkness into light from death into life uh, from uh, waste uh, into, uh, into um, wasting our lives into uh, a sense of purpose and a sense of, of meaning in our lives. All those things Jesus Christ did for us. Uh, and so He called us out. Now listen, there's one day that's going to come when He's going to call us out, not from among unbelievers, but He's going to call us out from among this world. We're going to go to heaven and be with Him. That's exciting. Uh, but until that day comes, we're to serve Him. And so we're the church, the body of Christ. And the body of Christ, the church, consists of those who have believed on Jesus Christ. And He's called them out from unbelief to belief into a relationship with Him. So listen, don't you feel special this morning? I mean, you, you're, you're, you're called. It's not that we did anything to deserve that special feeling that we have. But we have it because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because He called us out into a relationship with Him. So there's the importance of the church. Why is it important? Well, it's important by the designation of its name and the function of the body of Christ. It's important because it consists of believers. uh, And so we take that from it. Now listen, Paul goes on about the ministry of the church. And he talks about some implications of the church. Uh, there's some things that are important. Uh, If you notice one of the things that he says in these verses, in verses 24 and 25, uh, he reminds us about this implication that the church is a blessing. Uh, That's one of the implications of it, that the church exists and in its existence is a blessing. I don't know about you, but has the church ever been a blessing to you? It's been a blessing ever since I've been a believer. And it was really a blessing before I was a believer. uh, Because the church uh, was a big part of my life even before I became a Christian. Uh, I didn't realize the value that it had then, but as I do now, looking back in hindsight, but the church always was a blessing. Paul says uh, in in verse 24, I now rejoice. You know, if we rejoice, that's a sign of a blessing in it. Paul says, I'm rejoicing now because of the church. I rejoice, Paul goes on to say, also in my suffering. You see, Paul understood that serving Christ was greater than any suffering that he might experience that serving the church was greater than any inconvenience or any problem or struggle that he had, that when he began to compare what it meant to serve Christ in the church, and he compared that to the opposition, resistance, persecution, Paul said there's no comparison. Listen to what he says in the book of Romans. He writes this. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that would be revealed in us. Paul said, look, all these things that, that we go through serving Jesus Christ through the church, no matter how hard, difficult the struggle is, that in comparison to the rewards of that service in the church, it's a blessing even when we suffer. We've got to take that look, don't we, in the church, that, hey, it may not always be convenient to serve. May not always be the easiest thing to do, but when you compare it to the value and the blessing of it, there's no comparison to be made. he says it's a blessing, not only an implication of blessing but also of, of a burden as well. Paul had a burden for the church he says in verse twenty four he says i now uh, he says, "I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in my affliction um afflictions of Christ. Paul says, listen, uh, the, Paul was really ready to suffer persecution if it helped other people. If it benefited others, Paul was ready to lay down his life. You remember where Paul was when he wrote this letter and a few others? He was in jail Chained to a Roman soldier, this letter to the church at Colossae is a contemporary of the letter that he wrote to the church at Philippi. And when he wrote to the church at Philippi, he reminded them that daily and day by day he was being he was incarcerated, he was chained to a Roman soldier, he was witnessing to those soldiers and to the household of, of of Caesar. And and in in his writings to uh, to the Philippians, he says this. He says, um. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul says, listen, because of my chains, because of, of my captivity, that it's encouraging others in the church to be bold and to preach and to share and to witness without fear. And so they're looking at Paul and saying, listen... Because he's there and because he's going through those things, that if Paul can do it for, my sa- for his Savior, I can do it for him as well. And so it created boldness. Listen, your service in the body of Christ gives encouragement to others. As they say, well, you know, if I see so-and-so serving, then if they can do something, I can do something as well. Let me tell you why. <laughs> I want to encourage you uh, that God, as He uses you, uh, He will give you. Uh, that burden to serve. And so there's implications of the church. And then finally, uh, Paul focuses on the individuals of the church. Uh, He says this in verse 25. He says, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God. What's he saying? Paul's talking about individuals. He's talking about individuals who are called to service. He says, I became a minister." Paul was identifying personally with what Jesus Christ had called him to do, and that's to serve. How many of us need to refresh that call of God for our own lives? How many of us need to look and really examine our lives and and ask ourselves some of those questions? What am I really doing in service in the church? How am I affecting others by what I'm doing? How much impact does my life have on others who are part of the body of Christ as well because of what I'm, what I'm doing and sharing in my life today? Well, listen, uh, sometimes we ask those hard questions, we get real answers, don't we? Sometimes those real answers aren't too pleasant. And so he talks about individuals in the church. Uh, he, he, he looked at his own calling. Individuals are not only called to serve, but they're called to a stewardship. Paul says in verse 25, he says, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God. Now, I want you to realize that word stewardship is a, is a pretty weighty word. It means a, a sacred trust. Is that God calls every believer into his kingdom to this sacred trust of service. So what we do in the body of Christ in the church is a privilege. It, it's, a, it's a commitment. It, it's a God giving us this, this royal assignment. right? And look at it that way because He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so the King is giving you a personal assignment in His body and, and with the expectation that one day that you and He are going to see each other face to face and you're going to talk about your assignment. Okay, That's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's an individual thing. Um, Paul goes on to say, not only that, uh, individuals are called to stewardship, but individuals are called to share. He says, which was given to me for you. What's Paul saying? Look, I was given this, this ministry. I was given this stewardship for your sake. And vice versa, you were given your service, your stewardship for my sake. And if we're not doing what God has called us to do, then somebody... It's suffering. The body of Christ isn't what it could be or the potential that it has. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when one part of the body suffers all, the whole body suffers. In other words, when one, one part of the body of Christ isn't fulfilling God's call, in that part of the body, then the whole body suffers for it. We'll never be able to be the church that God wants us to be unless all of us are doing what God wants us to do. And it's important. It's the individuals of the church uh, that sustains the ministry of the church. Well, let's move on a little bit. Not only is the church unique or the church important because of the ministry of the church, but also listen to what he says in verses 26 and 27. It's important because of the ministry of the church. Something special about the church. Uh, Paul says in verse 26, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generation, but now has been revealed to the saints. Wow, a mystery. We we all like good mystery novels, don't we? Well, Paul's talking about a mystery here in the church. A mystery, the word mystery here uh, in the the Greek simply means a, a sacred secret, right? That was unknown until God chose to reveal it. So for the church, God chose his timing when he would reveal the church. Jesus would come. He would live. He would teach, minister. He would die, uh, be buried, be raised from the dead. And on that foundation, the church would be established. We look in the book of Acts, chapter two, and we see the day of Pentecost, when the coming of the Holy Spirit, and through that coming, the church was established. And until that day, it was a mystery. Oh, there's hints in the Old Testament about the church. And there's prophecies about the coming and the establishing of the church. But but for most, it was kind of unknown what the church was and what the church would be. And so Paul says here, it's a mystery. Uh, he says in verse 26, he says, it's an unknown ministry which has been hidden from uh, for ages or from ages and generations. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about other mysteries as well. If you want to get into mysteries... Uh, you want to think about it, then, then you'll find more of them in, in the Bible. One of those is, is uh, let, me, let me just give you some of them. I wrote them down because I was researching them, and so I thought it would be pretty good maybe to share them with you. But there's the mystery of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, and we're going to look at that in the next chapter of the book of Colossians. Uh, there's the mystery, the Bible says, of Israel's unbelief and rejection of Jesus Christ in Romans chapter 9. Uh, there's the mystery of lawlessness that Paul talks about, In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when the Antichrist is about to come, this mystery of lawlessness is going to increase, uh, and then the Antichrist is going to come, and some of those things about uh, prophecy are going to be fulfilled. Uh, And so there's that ministry. There's the ministry of the unity of the Jews and the Gentiles in the church in Ephesians chapter 3. And then there's the mystery of the rapture. That Paul says, he says, I'll tell you a mystery that not all will fall asleep, but that all will be changed. And that's a mystery. Why? Because we had not seen it yet. Uh, and it's coming. But but the church is one of those. It, it's an uncovered ministry, he says in verse 26. Uh, it's uncovered by God because the scripture says, but now has been revealed. Uh, it's uncovered for God's people and it's been revealed, Paul says, to his saints. To his saints. You see there come a time in history when there was a the need to know. Need to know about the church. And God began to reveal His church to the world today. And so He uncovered it. But finally, if you look at verse 27, it's a unique mystery. He says in verse 27, What are the riches of the glory of this ministry? Well, what are the riches of the glory of this mystery? What are the riches and the glory of the church? Why is the church so beneficial? What difference does it make that we have a church today? Why couldn't we just be saved and kind of be, be individualistic in our, our, our walk and our relationship with Jesus Christ? Why would God create such a thing as a church? Let me give you some things that, that are important also. You see, the church is a union of all believers into one body. He says, the mystery among the Gentiles. Until this time, the Gentiles were carved out. They were separated. The Jews were the chosen and yeah, they could introduce a Gentile into Judaism, but they weren't inclusive. You see, in the church, uh, there's there's no respecter. There's the Jew and the Gentile is the same. Uh, men and women are the same. Slave and free are the same. The body of Christ unites everyone universally in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Pretty amazing in that we all have the same experience together in Jesus Christ. And we all enjoy it because we're a part of the body of Christ. We're baptized into His body. And so all of a sudden, now the church becomes the very thing that God unites all believers into one body. The church. It's not only the union of all believers into one body, but it's also the union of Christ and the believer Himself. What does He say in verse 27? He says, Christ in you. Christ in you. That's the union of Christ and the believer. That's us coming together. That's the working of the Holy Spirit when He places us in the body of Christ. That the moment that we're saved, the Bible says that we're, 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 we're baptized in the body. We're placed in the body of Christ. In relationship with Him. In, in, in fellowship with Him. We're, we're a part of Him. And that part of Him is inseparable. Inseparable. So there's that union in there. That union's pretty important. If we didn't have that union with Christ, we couldn't understand Him. Uh, We couldn't know what He wants. We couldn't enjoy uh, the blessings of salvation. So there's that, that union of the believer. And then finally, there's the union of the believer and eternity. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Our hope of eternal life is in Jesus Christ because we're a part of the body of Christ. We're joined together with Him and with each other. I'm so glad that uh, I get excited, you know, because uh, maybe you've been a part of an organization or a group that uh, have you seen that have left people behind. Have you ever, you know... I mean, they take maybe the majority, but they leave some behind. That doesn't happen in the body of Christ. There's not going to be a single believer that's going to be left behind when it comes to spending eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. He's not going to lose one of His own that He's purchased with His blood. What a blessing. We know that we're all going to go and we're all going to go and be there together. Uh, And that's the importance of the church is that unique uh, mystery. And then finally, let me just close with this last thought. There's the mission of the church. It's important because it has a mission. It has something significant to do. And that mission is all surrounded by the message because really the mission of the church primarily is to carry the message of Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said right before He ascended into heaven to the church? He says, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them whatsoever I have commanded you. And Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The message is the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is one when it's preached, makes disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. And when people become followers of Jesus Christ, then the church follows up with them to teach them the things that that will keep them in good relationship with Jesus Christ, keep them in good stead with Him. And so it has a message. Verse 28, Paul says, Him we preach. Him we preach. Not good works. Not good things, not health, wealth, prosperity, although that may come. <laughs> That's not our message. Our message is him. Amen. Jesus Christ. we preach that message. So our mission, it has a message. It has motivation to share that message. Look at the end of verse 28. He says that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. What's the motivation for us to share this message? It's so that we can see everyone come to a fullness of relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just to introduce Him to Jesus and then leave Him out there to to make their own way or stay in in, in in infancy in Jesus Christ. But what it is, is that we share the message and then we help bring them along to a full relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, what a joy, isn't it? Listen, as parents, what's our greatest joy as parents? It's to have our kids, teach them, see them grow, see them grow up into strong young men, young women who love Jesus Christ and then to send them out in the world, right? Some of you are maybe uh, some of the early stages of that and you think, well, you know, I don't know if I really want to let them go. <laughs> you know, the psalmist talks about uh, a family is blessed. It's like a warrior having a quiver full of arrows, right? That's, that's a, a real blessing to... Uh, Husband wife. And the thing of it is, you know why a warrior has a quiver full of arrows? Because they draw those arrows and they aim those arrows and they shoot those arrows out in the world. You see, that's our job as parents. Is to shape our kids, aim our kids, release our kids out in the world to make a difference for Jesus Christ. And if we do that, that ought to motivate us, right? To want to see them grow strong and effective for Jesus Christ. And then finally, verse 29, the mission of the church, it has a method behind it. That method is, to this end, I also labor striving according to His workings, which works in me mightily. What's that method? It's, it's Him working through us. It's Jesus Christ working in us in a powerful way to fulfill our responsibilities and our ministries in the church today. We cannot and we will not function successfully in the body of Christ without the power of Jesus Christ working through us. We must have that. You see, the church is important. It's a blessing to all of us. The more we engage, the deeper we engage with the church, the more blessing it becomes. The deeper we go, the deeper the rewards are in the church today. And so we need to realize that as believers, it's important. Bow with me and let's pray this morning. Father in heaven,